Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 193. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair for some reason this time. I'm not sure how that happened. You volunteered. I guess I did, didn't I? Dang, yes. why, do I, why do I keep doing that? I almost did, but you did. So. That's okay, so what? Hey. Well, Francis hasn't captured an episode in a bit. Well, That's true. Kind of yeah, I had, that way. I had a bunch the last time. Yeah, you yeah. had several, then I... I was kind of on the schedule to do both of the April episodes, but thought that's kind of selfish. You know, and so well, you know, any of us can do a code of honor at any time. Uh, As a general rule, we're always, you know, that kind of blends things around. And uh, I think at one point we thought whoever hosts should do code of honor. Yeah, that makes some sense. So since you're since you are hosting today here in Studio F, we did not mention that uh, in the last last episode. episode. Studio F, Studio F, F, Johnny's game room down the hall uh, from uh, Mm -hmm. Reed's office, Reed's lab, next door to the entrance to the portal to portal to the entrance that negative zone to the negative zone. That's right. Well, I think we're alone here today, so hopefully we won't hear the flush from Annihilus in the next room, should it happen. But uh, I think we're all. We're all good with that, uh, I'm hoping so, anyway. But Code of Honor. Code of Honor, that's right, yeah. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of our uh, long reach, shall we say, through the revolution, uh, through that time. Uh, so we're going to kind of tailor our... It's a reach back through time. That's right. Not a reach around. Not a reach around. Not that's a reach around. That's right. Uh, so we're going to uh, uh, talk a little bit about, we were supposedly, just as we're kind of dotting things a little bit around as we were show prepping it... Uh, we we pick these quotes just you know a few minutes before we uh, hit hit the record button. You know we don't spend a lot of time on that. We're uh, so we most of our thinking out loud happens as we're doing it for the episode for you listeners for your benefits to so you can catch up on our wisdom as as we as it as it occurs in real time. So that's that's one of the charms yes. of well, Snakes and Otters. Very little of what we do is pre-planned. I mean, the last episode uh, Martin had a plan. We hit some points on it, but it went wild. Well, yeah, like I said, I, I, I built a scaffolding, and uh, and you guys finished off the walls. Yeah, it was it was very different, and it was not what we expected originally. Let's get some sheetrock up in this place. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it looks good. Let's caulk it. That's right. That's close enough. That's right. Okay, but uh, I'm going to jump right in, folks. Uh, since uh, oh, you're going to go first. Yeah, I think I'm going to go first. Captain's prerogative. Captain's prerogative. It's just I mean, uh, just to kind of lay it out because as we were discussing around. Uh, I'm going to choose one from Thomas Paine, which you know, when it comes to thought leaders, I, I from, don't think we've done we've not Payne. done him yet, and, and, and he is a, one of the yeah. the major thought leaders of the revolution. He he articulated things in ways nobody else was yeah. ever able to. The revolution to. and the constitutional and the period. Constitution, that's correct. He was he in, was the motivational speaker of the time, very much so, and uh, and his wisdom comes down to us much today uh, as it was from the time, and uh, it, he's still revered. As uh, even though at the time he was considered, you know, quite a malcontent in many respects, and uh, a revolutionary when that didn't mean something good in this context, <laughs> uh, future generations. Uh, Boy, how much of a malcontent are you if if the entire nation of malcontents thinks you're a malcontent? That's right. Yeah, exactly. He had he had quite well, the and as he never had a successful political career. No, right? no uh, he, he was like Hamilton, as kind of his buddy. Uh, uh, the, Worked on uh, the Federalist Papers with him. Yeah, um, he was essentially a propagandist. Yeah, back and, when propagandist was a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, in its in its most basic sense of the word, yes. that's what he did, uh, and he was damn good at it because a polemicist. He, okay, oh, yeah, that's a better we way do that. We can do that. Not a propaganda, a polemicist. Well, yeah, 
Yeah, because he lays... he's constructing arguments to convince you of something. That's correct. Not he's just extolling the virtues of something. Very good. I, I'm telling you, I am old. You're exactly yes. right. From a theological you? standpoint, you would call him a good apologist. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he, he's able uh, he's uh, able to convince people of something they know in their hearts but haven't quite committed to yet. I think that's one way of, yeah. of putting it. That's why there has to be the grain of success in there. But he was enormously successful. His, his pamphlet, Common Sense, is still talked about as one of the greatest polemics of all, of all time in history. Uh, he's right up there uh, with some of the great thinkers uh, uh, you know, in thousands of years. Uh, he his his clarity is so good. And that's one of the reasons I was looking I was looking for who I wanted to talk about before I decided what it was. Yeah. Uh, and and I, Payne, I just like that we managed to work in another ten dollar word. Yeah. Hey, whatever gets us to the party, that's correct. But uh, and he's it's so much fertile ground to pull from. I mean, it wasn't just about I could have pulled things that were directly related to relate to the revolution and and the cause at the time. But I decided to go a little bit broader because that's what we do, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. And I th- this one is one I think that we can chew on in a little different way. It will not, I don't think we'll talk about this so much in context of the revolution, although that may come up a little. But I'd like us to, to think broader on this if we would. Uh, and here's the quote. It's not that long. Reputation is what men and women think of us. Character is what God and angels know of us. Oh, that's excellent. See, I knew you guys would love that. That's very much within this, the thinking of of men at that time. That, that could have been a Washington. He, he said That also things. could have been a Martin Luther King, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, the people have said variations on that uh, for, for some time. Uh, you know, we would know it today as character is what you do when nobody's watching. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, it's what, I like the fact that it's He's juxtaposing the word think about reputation and know about character. Mm-hmm. So one is an absolute and the other is malleable. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, you know, I mean, all thinking is opinion of one sort or another when sure. you really get down to it. Right. But, uh, yeah, but he means it in the, the most base form. That's yeah. correct. Exactly. Because it's reputation. Because it's shallow. Reputation is shallow. It's based it's the upon, surface. Yeah, it's it's based upon pr- primary data or secondary data or even much further than that, but in a one snippet point in time. Maybe you have multiple points if you're. It's if entirely you're sensory data. That's correct. That's what right. you can see, hear, touch, smell, and taste. Although hopefully there's not a whole lot of that smelling and tasting that goes into your reputation. Right. Uh, and it, it it's also very fungible. It's very malleable because yes, it can change. It, it can change, but there's always a grain of truth. You know, even the worst, uh, awful rumors about people. There's a reason they happen. They're usually not created whole cloth. They're a few points removed from something that was said or done that could be misinterpreted in a certain way, uh, or the absence of something that. Gives people a, a reason for that. That's a that's a fascinating study of you know how do rumors uh, and character assassinations you know in their fullest form how do they happen how do they start? Uh, I'm of the opinion rarely it's like every lie to be good has to have a grain of truth in it. That's that's well, the best comedy has you know, is based on reality, right? So you, know. you have to. It's rare that somebody will make up something that sticks, mind you. 
that didn't have something that was somehow believable. Well, as Dan Rather would say, has a truthiness. Truthiness to it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is yeah. kind of amazing when yeah. you think about Which, it. although when it comes to the that kind of truthiness, it often is that's, that's made he, up entirely. Well, sure. Know? And that's what he's kind of, ta- that's what he was, you know, Rather was kind of talking about. He recognized, I don't know if he did, I don't know if he recognized it, but he, he, he zapped into something about the entire media journalism role is that you know we're not always involved in exactly the truth we're going to get close and see what happens sometimes and well, sometimes if, if we fill in the blanks their, completely their wrong job yeah, yeah. that's but right if, if there's a sensationalistic if aspect there, to it. yeah i mean but if their desire you know that this this whole idea well we've got to be on the right side of history well that starts with the truth though it, it doesn't. It doesn't start with your feelings. Right. It starts with your with the truth, real truth. Um, one of the things I, I find interesting about that quote too is, you, you know, when you talk the difference between reputation and character. Character is within your control. Yes. Reputation often is not. Almost almost always is not. Well, that's correct. I mean, yeah. well, you you can work hard on your reputation. I you think, can, and I think we all do. Well, I mean, a, a, a person of character has some control over other people's perceptions, but you know, well, not always. Not, I would say, less over their perceptions as what they have perceptions what about. You, yes, yeah. what you're exposing of, over to the primary data they're judging yeah, yeah, you on. Yeah, yes. that you do have control it, over that. Yes, not, that's your not, well, not, not their interpretation because. But, even so, what the rep, what comes with reputation uh, is not just the primary data because it, almost always the primary data is I would say primary data is not even primary in the sense that reputation is based not just on what people observe, right? It's what they think they observe. Yes, very true. How they feel about it, right? Yeah. As and also importantly, what others in their circle. Feel about it. That's correct. You have to have you reach have to reach a certain critical mass yeah. of numbers in order for uh, for a reputation to be solidified, good or ill. Uh, all it takes is enough people feeling the same way. Right. I would note that but reputation, they, even though it can change, rarely changes for the better. Yeah. Whatever you start at is almost always your high point. Well, yeah, it, not always. The well, old you, saying, it, like you know, you it take takes a lifetime to build a reputation, but seconds to ruin it. Yeah, yes. There, there's an element of peer pressure to it, as you said, Robert. Of, well, all these other people perceive that about person X. It I, must be I, true. Yeah, I have to perceive it then as well. Right at, at that point, perception uh, not becomes reality, but it becomes truth because it's it's almost forced upon. Yeah, uh, right. It takes the rare strong person to say. I know you all see it this way. I see it differently, and I'm sticking with what I've got. Right. Yes, groupthink is a powerful force. One of the things that strikes me about this, uh, uh, my take on, on this quote, is that this is the internal versus the external, uh, which is what you were uh, sort of started out with. Yeah. But it also reminds me of that old uh, be, do, have uh, thing I've talked about mm-hmm. in episodes past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that you have to... Uh, be something before you can do something before you can have something or you have to do something you know whichever one you want to pick first is fine because it's a circle uh and they they kind of form one another uh you know sometimes your reputation can influence your character as well because your reputation may be such that you give into it 
Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. Whether it especially, be good or ill. Especially once you reach a certain pinnacle of, of celebrity. Yes. Uh, that that uh, it, it becomes, uh, and we all know of the, of the stories of the certain celebrities that in their public face they lean into that persona, whereas otherwise, Robin Williams is a really good one because he would lean into yes. that a lot and it eventually became tiresome for him and most people didn't realize until after after his tragic death that he was never really that person. He was always a very lonely and uh confused and uh um just just uh depressed individual yeah, uh, yeah. both and medically supports that as what data we've been taught and uh just his uh he he his that manicness was really it was always just something he portrayed it was not really him and that's just you know reputation and character for well, I think that's more reputation than character it is yes because uh, I don't uh, think character really has anything to do with that part which just shows that reputation and character are not always related uh, at all oh yeah absolutely because uh, again it's perception you know that's something that we, we reputation is almost always something we project onto others um, um, you know it is almost never we, something we try that we, to do we all are we always successful with it? Well, yes, because you are projecting your image. That's what you see. Right. I'm not saying that... That doesn't mean that project when we project a reputation on someone that they are forced to take it on. Right. Reputation is what we what we perceive that person to be, not what they really are. Right. Sometimes yes, they're in alignment, but not always. Well, you know, we kind of wish for that. We're, we are kind of... Uh, well, yes. We're always gratified when we find one that where it really is what you see is what you get. Or what we think. I mean, yeah. again, I, I would say that almost always character and reputation, even when we believe they are in alignment, yeah. uh, we're missing 90%. Character is yeah. the tip of the iceberg that is the person. Reputation is the tip of the iceberg yeah. that is the person. Right. Character is all that hidden stuff. Under, under the waterline. Yes, yeah. under as the waterline. You know, as Payne would say, you know, character is, is a no. It's, it's, I know it's what God character. and the angels know, as he yeah, says. Right. I know no, my it's, character. It's the secret heart. That's right, and it's objective. Yeah. It's truth. But I, I can't always know my reputation because I have to understand what other people think yeah. or care. And you don't always know what your reputation is. You can get a, you can get a general idea, I think, for most normal people. Uh, if you have many interactions over time... Uh, with multiple people. Well, yeah, people. but if I like dogs more than people, I might not know what people think. No, you and that's true. That's right. Uh, they're they're well, dogs know, are more reliable. In order to get people. a good, be, have a good barometer of of your reputation, yeah, you need to have uh, essentially uh, lots of uh, diverse data over time. Well, yeah. and the question really becomes, and it can be difficult data to gather. Yes. Well, the question also becomes is. Do you should you even care what your reputation is? Now, yes, to a certain point you should because you don't want to be someone who causes scandal or to be the object of scandal if you can help it, uh, just morally and ethically speaking, uh, because that can harm your ability to interact with others. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, reputation is it's a dangerous thing. Because yeah. far too often in this age yeah. of social media and quote-unquote influencers, I'm using the air quotes yeah, here, listeners, uh, reputation is not just a, a, uh, uh, a false flag, so to speak, uh, or a blind alley or any other metaphor you want to use. It can be a very dangerous thing yeah. because 
it, it can be something that one seeks for ignoble purposes. Yeah. Even crafts for such. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. case of the influencer, that the, that reputation is... You craft your reputation for profit. Right. Which, in you, a way, you craft tells your, you what your character is. You craft your, re- your character in order to treat others as you would like to be treated yourself. One would hope. As Washington would undoubtedly say, worry about your character and reputation takes care of itself. Right. I would think so, yeah. yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Nevertheless, there are some that don't even bother with that. They simply work on reputation. Well, character and reputation... The influencers you speak yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, most people, are, this is not even something they even concern themselves with. It takes an incredibly high degree of self-awareness... Yes. To even be concerned with the to know that there's a difference, much less be concerned with it. And I think that as we have become, as technology and media has overtaken the world, character is not something that is as important as it was even when we were young. Yes. Reputation is everything. Yeah, perception is reality. Exactly. This is essentially what... what I mean, the, political the, the, campaigns, social campaigns, all of it rests on perception and reputation, not character. Which is, ironically and sadly, the opposite of right. Martin Luther King's But then again, it, yeah, uh, is, is character even knowable at that level of... Uh, uh, is true, is true yeah. character? Because, I mean, you can be a person of bad character... Without actually having overtly injured someone, yes, yeah, and and I think that's Got that's it. the subtlety that's lost on the modern young person anyway. Well, and even what an injury is is different. Yeah. I was going to say you got an example on that. I'd love to. Well, I mean, I just you talk about influencers again. That's, that's what I'm thinking. They're concerned that about that rep, that online reputation, whereas. What you don't see about them is they might be really a horrible person. Right. And they might also actually be a really good person in their day-to-day lives. And they adopt this persona to make money. Yeah. I mean, it it can go both ways. Again, that that shallowness, that, 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 that reputation being that little bit of the iceberg that's above the water. The character is what's underneath the water. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about, for for example, I do not remember which crime show we were watching. Uh, I may have been. Uh, it wasn't elementary because it was it was it was a recent one about the influencer who was stalked and murdered. Uh, and all she did was she was up. She did TikTok videos about pottery, mm-hmm. and it it they had you know thousands upon thousands of views, and she ends up. Uh, um, deciding to stop to marry to marry a guy that she's fallen in love with and she's just done this as a side hustle essentially but she's making serious money on it it's like a I don't know if it's on OnlyFans it mm-hmm. doesn't use probably that not OnlyFans but but it was it, it's 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 mm-hmm. one of those type things because they, they spoke about it that way could be Patreon or something um, like that I don't remember I don't I think it was faux I don't think it was made up I don't think they used a real one and she's essentially stalked and murdered or kidnapped I think she survives uh, by this uh you know, a stalker that, that that can't stand that she's going away because she's become his whole world. And it's not sexual at all. And yet, for whatever reason, that reputation bore no real... I mean, in fact, it was just... It was a hobby that she was very good at. And yet, some broken individual 
ties into that in a sexual, you know, under the waterline type way to do that. And I'm kind of wondering here about is reputation as harmless a thing or as personal a thing as we would like it to be, as pain would under have, have understood it to be mm-hmm. in this day and age where you ex- where everything is pornified. Everything is pornified. Yes. And that's essentially what, they didn't say it. They let the they let the 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 viewer interpret it, but that's what I do. Basically, the guy has an has an unhealthy sexual fixation upon this pretty girl. Well, it, who does not do sexual acts. It's the objectification. That's of exactly it. Everything. Everything. That's yes. right. That's, and, uh, and that is, I think that's where I, that's exactly where I want to go. Is how does reputation even a thing that hasn't been co opted completely by the objectification? That the modern world has brought to us today. How is is everything objectified now? Oh, um, I would say pretty much um, the way I like to distinguish between the two. You know, characters who you are. Yes. Reputation is what you do or what others see you do. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. And then, of course, what meaning they give that. So they see a. So this guy sees a pretty woman uh, who does videos. And you know she's probably if she's if she's young she's pretty she's probably uh, got a, a good figure you know again because she, she, she's been objectified yeah. so I'm just guessing that's what that's it correct is. that's right she's very charming she's, she's yes she's so, a, a nice and she's you, attractive yes that's is right the point physically as well as uh, probably personality right so there is going to be an element that will objectify that into perverse fantasies yes and it's not that necessarily that everything has become objectified. But that because everything is visible to everybody, yeah, there is somebody who will objectify something negatively, and they will see that. So the opportunity to have something negatively objectified, which is almost always redundant, yeah, uh, is always there. As soon as you put something on the internet, right now you may not have enough of a reach for it to happen to you, yeah, but it could. If the numbers get large enough. If the numbers get large enough. And they don't really have to get larger than one. It's just whether or not that one is that one guy. Right, yeah. But yes, so everything is not necessarily objectified by default, but everything has that as a possibility by default. Right. Martin, anything on that? Nope. I think we're ready to move on. Uh, All right. I suspect it as much. Wow, that was really good. That was a great philosophical discussion on, on that. That's what that I wanted. That was I, awesome. That's what I wanted to go with. That was that. awesome. Very good. Very good, Francis. Right. Yeah, I hope I didn't take up too much time. But uh, uh, Well, you know, this is one that can go a little bit longer than, than others, I think. Because, you know, well, we always spend a long time on the first one, it seems, especially when we let Francis go first. Francis tends to do the bigger explanation about what he's going. He talks more about, not more. More the than us. The setup is. He talks set more a with longer. a setup than you and I do, mm-hmm. and and that's just your nature. Yes. Speaking of nature, it's time, nature boy. Francis hands it over to Martin to right. lay it on this. Well, I think we've got a little bit of a challenge for Robert to hammer all of this together because I'm going to pretty got a quote that I think can do it. Pretty significantly different direction here. Ooh, so in uh, January 1780, mm-hmm. okay. the middle of the war. Yeah. Right in the middle of the war. Uh, Washington writes a letter to Elbridge Gary. I believe that's how the name is pronounced. Probably Jerry. Jerry. I'm saying Elbridge yeah. Jerry. J- G-E-R-R-Y. 
uh, also a noted patriot who, who becomes involved in the government later. Um, and the quote is, There is nothing so likely to produce peace as to be well prepared to meet an enemy. Now, Jerry is a, I believe at this time, a member of Congress, or at least influential, uh, has been a member of Congress, of the Continental Congress, and Washington's talking about supplies, money. But the kernel of truth there is, you know, if we are prepared, if we have our supplies, if we have our arms, if we are funded, the British take us seriously. If we skimp and don't fund this army, the British have no incentive to treat us as anything but a rabble. And rabbles are shot down. So he's saying here that our, not only does peace, but our survival basically depends on we've got to be fully prepared. Money, arms, supplies, shoes, coats, everything. This army has to be supplied. Otherwise, the British will simply attack. They have no motivation to then seek any kind of peace, uh, any kind of, of arrangement to grant our independence. Well, you know, it's a great point. This is not the point that you're making specifically, but a great point about uh, most wars is that they are won, uh, not just in the trenches, but probably before that, in the logistics. Yeah. You know, if you have excellent logistics, your chances of winning are much greater. Right. And that's kind of what he's talking about here, but it's, it's not also not just the... If we are well prepared when we get on the battlefield, you know, to me this is a, a, a timeless quote in that, uh, you know, nobody goes up to Mike Tyson to punch him in the face, unless you're a freaking idiot, <laughs> you know, right, right, uh, or Evander Holyfield or whoever current big name boxer, because those are the last guys that I know. Of, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, uh, but you know, nobody, yes, uh, unless you're in prison and you need to to make a statement, nobody finds the biggest guy on the block. To punch him in the face, because you just don't do that. That's a recipe so, for getting your butt right. kicked. Yeah, and I, I think this is this is interesting because he's talking about a specific moment in time and talking about influencing Congress. But this then this idea, this notion that's built into this quote, really becomes a thread of American history, all the way up through Ronald Reagan and peace through strength. That if we put the funding into readiness, if we make our military ready, we can bring the Soviets to the peace table. Yeah, this if we're not ready, if we're falling apart militarily, we can't get the Soviets to the table. They have no they have no There's motivation. No incentive. There's no yeah. incentive. So we're not going to have real peace. Peace through strength. Peace through... The, there's nothing so likely to produce peace as to be well prepared to meet an enemy. Yeah, you and know, we, this... We forget that lesson at our peril. Right. This quote is is the epitome of foreign relations in the 20th century from the very beginning. 19th century less so because 
uh, we were mostly in, yeah. engaged in affairs on the continent. We were not a world power yet. But now with not just the ability to project power across the globe, but also, uh, you know, just in general, the globe is much smaller because of communications and what have you, the yeah. internet and everything else. Uh, every time we were not well prepared, we were embroiled in a war we were not ready for. Whether it be World War I, uh, World War II, uh, Korea especially, we drastically downsized in, at the, in the wake of World War II and were woefully unprepared just five years later. You know, we were mm -hmm. driven literally to a small portion of South Korea into one tiny little area uh, after the Chinese uh, invaded from the north and joined the North Koreans. And, you know, the, the south was pushed down yeah. to... Uh, even, well, that that occurred even before the Chinese intervention. Was that before? I was thinking it was after. Okay. It was, I believe, yes, the Pusan perimeter is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, and the famous, well, we're stuck here, we can't break out... And MacArthur decides to invade on the whole other side of the peninsula at Inchon to come in behind that. That's all, I think, prior to Chinese intervention. Okay, I was Chinese thinking don't intervene until we cross the parallel and okay. have invaded North Korea. Um, but, you know, Seoul changes hands like three times early right. in the war, four times, something crazy right. like that. But the point is, though, we were not equipped, even just yeah. five years after winning the greatest war right. in history. You're right. And, and, you know, again, I, I, I talk about the military falling apart in Reagan. Prior that's, to Reagan. Yeah, I mean, that's only, yeah. that's a 10-year a period, too. Yeah. I mean, that's post-Vietnam. That's 1973. That whole period before Reagan really starts the military buildup, the, the military is in shambles. Right. Well, it's, it's most evident with the, the aborted attempt to re rescue the hostages in Iran. Right. That's, I think, that more than anything else showed the American people, holy crap, we are in a sad state of affairs. Right. We are weak. And we do not want to be there. And the world sees us even as though weak. Even the peaceniks yeah. who did not wish the war realized, well, we can't do that, can we? Well, I don't know about that so much, I, I know, that's projection on my part. Yeah, I think that is extreme projection on your part because that's an ideological stance. That's correct. Who, not who, a not who, an observation. The great middle... Are not would would not make that observation. They would already see. Well, no, we have to be strong because the great middle, especially then, would have been much more traditional than than yes. today. And much more what Nixon wider. called the silent majority. Yes, yes, and that silent majority could could vote back in that day. Could vote Democrat one election. Could vote Republican the next. Uh, the great middle is no longer yeah. is much smaller than it was back then. Yeah, but, but uh, military. But you're right. That is the epitome of weakness. That yeah. where we were. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. You were talking about the military. Seventy six, seventy seven, seventy eight. Um, it was was just not ready. Well, and the people not ready. had had enough. You know, we were in Vietnam for ten years. Yeah, or more, really, uh, from the very beginning of the first advisors that went over, and they were just tired of it. You know, it was a war that we did not win. You know, well, technically it wasn't a war, but it was a conflict that we did not win. We absolutely lost that. Yeah. And that was a, a humiliating thing for America. We did not want to have anything to do with the military after that. Yeah, they, we just wanted to forget about it. Right. Which is the wrong thing to do. Correct. That's right. Uh, Washington himself said, you know, in time of peace, prepare for war. 
Uh, and that's Cicero too, but you know, watch right. Story. And that's that's a very important observation that that thread again. We're talking about Reagan threading it all the way back to Washington. Washington and his era, they're threading it all the way back to Rome. Yeah, because they're heavily influenced by, by the those, classics, by the classics, by the Latin and Greek stuff and the histories of Rome. That they used Roman uh, noms de plume when they wrote these polemics about right. convincing people the Constitution is the right thing to do. Uh, so I just I think that's I just love that quote. Um, it's interesting. It's a very Martin quote. It is, yes. but you know I didn't interpret it that way at all. I really didn't. Really? No. Uh, I mean, I, I see it. It's exactly correct. I'm not. I'm not doubting it. But I was taking. I was reading that more as a. In order to, we have to meet them on the battlefield because this is during the war when he writes this. Right again, it's and it's it it's very much a pre-Civil War, pre-American way of war, pre-Grant. Yes, where you go in and you must destroy the enemy's ability to make war. That is nowhere near this. This is the right. this is the continental Napoleonic uh, type of you, you. Two forces meet on the battlefield. Von Clausewitz, even though he hadn't written it yet. Uh, their two forces meet on the battlefield till one of their wills breaks, and then you sue for peace. That is a sh- the shortest right. route to Again, victory. Again, that's what he's talking about. Is we have to be able to meet them in honorable battle, or they, yes. or we will never come to the table. Right. Right. Well, I think that's exactly what Martin was explaining because earlier about. Pete, but we have to be well fed. We've got to have proper clothing. All of that weapons, is correct. All of that's tactics. But he's defining training. peace. Very narrowly, not here. right, and not a not a victory that obliterates the enemy. That's correct, but a, a victory that brings the enemy to the table. Well, e- e- and we can have well, peace. that's correct. In other words, an uh, I, I would I would qualify that word peace as honorable peace. In other words, yeah. a true peace where we negotiate as, as equals, equals. And a, as, as equals and agree. These are the terms because without that. We are subject to full destruction. Yep. Right, and there are plenty of other quotes that talk about that. Uh, Patrick Henry uh, had one very much like that, that it is basically, uh, or this might have been a Washington quote, this particular version, but it was basically we are, uh, we have to conquer or die. That's right, because if, if they are weak enough where they can be, the army is basically destroyed, then the punitive, uh, Consequences upon the the civilian population would be potentially yeah extreme uh, right we, we we either hang together or we'll all hang well separately. yeah and, and they're and they're going back to Rome for this because yes. that was the Roman way yes. you go in and you destroy uh, the resistance and you crucify them where everybody can see them I mean that was you know one oh one I mean Spartacus is just the easy one you know they they fill the Appian Way with crosses all the way you know you will not do this again. And that's that's how they they subjugated, uh, and that's what Washington is fearing. Unless we can bring them to the table, right? Uh, we, as and as the only as way an to equal do that, force, is yeah, an equal is, force. is exactly to be an equal, to be well prepared to do battle. They'll respect us enough to come to the table, and we will win what we want: our independence. That's correct, because ultimately he knew if they came to the table. We're too much trouble otherwise. Yeah. As long as they can get out and get away saving face and, and reestablish the trade. And reestablish trade, we'll get away with this. They'll be fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's very, you know. They never, they did not want to, it, it goes back to the understanding, they did not want to conquer us. 
and they did not want to destroy us. They didn't want to burn the joint down. That's correct, which is different in other conflicts. Yeah. Of the Civil War in particular. It just, it's amazing Washington's farsightedness here, his his prescience, that 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 understanding of what he was involved in. Well, that's is true. incredible. It, it, it applies 200 years later. Although Washington would have probably never even thought that that's what yeah. he was doing. He was working in the moment. But his wisdom was so spot on, we were able to apply that in a relative peacetime. Actually, I would say, he, while he may not have thought of in terms of, well, 200 years later, they can use this quote. Yeah. No, I think absolutely this is, in his mind... They were, they were writing a for posterity. universal yeah. principle. Yeah. And yet, oh, yes, uh, well, yes, it, it, yes. It, it can be, and it often is, but it is not always universal because Grant, in particular, shows that, no, that doesn't apply. We ha- we can't. We, that's not how we're going to operate. We have to operate differently yeah. because the resistance is such they must be conquered. Uh, and that's, but then again, that's okay. a different, and that, that's just, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Well, See, I think that what you're talking about, the conquering versus the prevailing, or you didn't really give an alternative to the conquering, I think that has nothing to do with this. That That's a how you prosecute the war, but this is, to me, this is less about uh, how you achieve your end goals. This is the preparation stage. I mean, literally, he's talking about be prepared. Well, so yes, but... Uh, if you are better prepared, you have to be destroyed. Well, he, not necessarily for the other, well, yes, for the other side to win. He's thinking strategically, right? And that is here. strategically. And again, he's talking about an external enemy. Yes. So that, well, well, at the time of the Civil, Civil War, War well, yeah, that was, was an external enemy. Absolutely, they were seen that way. And I can't help but thinking about Alexander Stevens and all the others who came yeah. at the end. And the show's so great in the movie Lincoln. They were thinking this way. We're going to come to the table. And offer you peace, so this ends because that's what we—that's what we all want. It's gone on for too long. Yeah, thinking that they could be this equal, that could get what they wanted, and everybody—it's a win-win. Misunderstanding that Grant has totally thrown this book away. We will conquer you because of. And here's the linchpin that made that different: the issue of slavery. We will not tolerate slavery to exist. Therefore, you must be conquered and subjugated and changed. And that's yes. ultimately what happened. Yeah, and Because that, of the institution of slavery. And if that, it weren't for that, yeah. Stevens coming to the table like he did, that it would have it would yeah. ended like Washington would have right. wanted. And it very much that became part of the American character, too. That's right. We're going to bomb you flat and rebuild you in our image, Japan and Germany. That's exactly, because that's, they learned that from Grant. Yeah. Because, and that's, the only way to really have peace is to eliminate the ability reason, to make war. Yeah, their ability to reason make war. for war. The, well, this, that too. We're but, going to crush you, and then that way, when we rebuild you in our image, there's no more fascism, there's no more militarism. There's no more slavery. No more slavery. Yeah. And that so, which, that which so is well, about you that, that we cannot so abide. Both pieces, both pieces become part of the American character of, okay, if we've got to go to war, we're crushing you. But hopefully, we'll be so prepared for war, no one will challenge us. So you're, See, su- you're suggesting that the Washington is the foundation upon which Grant built and changed and moved forward. They're both strains. I, I, I think you guys are projecting a little bit. Okay, that's fair. I, I think because you're, you're looking back with 
250 years of history yeah. Yeah. trying to trace a straight line. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I, I, and I, think, I think what this quote and what Washington is talking about here is it's more fundamental. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, first of all, you're talking about two different kinds of conflict. Yes. The Civil War, the American Civil War, yeah. more than any other civil war, was an existential war. Okay? Who are we? Yes, who are we? Who are we as a people? Do we tolerate slavery? Right. Do we have that inherent respect for the dignity of the human person? Right. Had to work it in somehow. That's right. Um, whereas something like the Revolution is less about who we are as a people. Yes, there is that a little bit in the sense of, well, are we British subjects or are we Americans? But that's a lot less existential. That's a shade of gray. That's a shade of gray. They're very, yes. they're, they're similar to each And other. I don't think he's taught, I don't think you can draw a straight line from this to Grant throwing out the book of, no, we have to conquer you. Because, yes, this is in a time when the whole idea, Grant, this is, this is 100 years before von Clausewitz. Yeah. But this is in a time when wars were fought. Uh, in much smaller engagements, and they were army to army. There was no uh, uh, raising of cities unless you held a siege. But you didn't hold sieges in America because they weren't walled cities. You didn't have to have a siege. Von Clausewitz would have recognized this. Well, he would have recognized it, it, yes. They're thinking out of the same playbook. Yeah, but it's less of a, this is to draw my enemy to the negotiating table. I think this is less about that than it is to say, if we are strong enough, if we are so prepared, we don't even have to go to war. Well, that's some right. That, that, that's what it would eventually become. <laughs> well, no, I think that's I think that's part of what he's talking well, about he, here. He, he's yeah. channeling so yes. too. You know, yeah. the best way to fight is not to be there. Right. You, you arrange I mean, the circumstances so the battle never happens and you win. But he and yes, he is saying we have to have what we need to fight the war. But I think this is also because this is the way these guys thought. This is, I think, a, a foundational. It's going forward, we have to be yeah. united. We have yeah. to be strong. Otherwise, we invite yes, because being attacked. Here we are. We're a brand new nation. Who knows why, why don't the Germans or the Spanish invade us or whatever? We've, we've got to be ready right. to survive. Well, right. That, that's how we survive long term. We've got to be ready. Well, right. And that is, it ultimately, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad we kind of went this way because that is Sun Tzu. That's exactly yeah. what these guys are channeling. Yeah, I mean, this is very much a yeah. a, a, a Sun Tzu kind of, of quote. It's exactly that. But it is, you know, I, I think that whole idea is it you know bring them to the negotiating table versus an outright conquering. That has nothing to do with this quote to me. It, I mean, it's it either works. That's fair. Yeah, I, I yeah. think you know, as is, a development, how we get from there to the Civil War and where the, yes, there is a development there. But I think this quote has not. Well, personally, I'm, I see nothing to do. Yeah, I'm projecting it, Washington. As we know him to be different from Grant, as we know him, which yeah. may or may well, not. I think be you're case, projecting but... Grant back on Washington. Perhaps, I'm and I, I, I just yeah. personally, I don't see it. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I want to stress again that, that I I think there's a, there's a lot here. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, that shows that how incredible Washington was. That the the Brits, he's just this bumpkin farmer that we had in the militia for a while. It wasn't really that great to begin with. Yeah, but... I mean, no, he's okay. He's, he's a real, legitimate thinker. Statesman. 
a statesman yeah. and thinker. Well, that's More true so because then he, he gets credit for even as a founder. He's a guy that thinks through things and understands things at multiple levels. Yeah, because and that's why this works. It's at those multiple levels. It's in the moment of the only way we're going to have peace is to settle this with the Brits, and the only way we can do that is to be their equals. But then it's also how we pro- how we protect our fledgling nation in the future is also being prepared. Yes, because and this comes back again over and over. Reagan yes. is the easy, most modern example yes. of all. But that. even you know, it's not the only FDR. Absolutely, even understood. No, we're not involved in the war, but boy, we better get ready. We better get ready. Yeah. And this whole thing about having thirty thousand guys marching with broomsticks in Louisiana—that's not going to cut it. Right. We're going to have to get some get some shit together and be ready to go. Right. Get that poop in a group. Yeah. Poop so, in a group. I love I just, that. That's yes, a good one. Yes. Got to have your poop in a group. Speaking of poop in a group, actually, no, but we're no, going to... No, this is as far from poop in a group as that, you can get. That was a very clumsy segue, Captain. I, well, I, I know. Well, it's, it's absurdity is its brilliance. Let's just leave it that way. <laughs> yes. Let's get our group poop in a group. That's right. And uh, slide and into, into the... Let's slide into the bourbon break that we yes, need to be in because is its brilliance. Absolutely, that's that's one for the wall right there. Man. I agree. See, right. yes, we are, we we are fecund. We are prolific. Yes. Keeping in the the subject matter, we are fecund. That's right. Exactly. All right. So uh, give us that bourbon break. We uh, yeah. Uh, now, um, I think I've told we we have drank Old Forester. Many many times. Yes, it is the current. It's the current bourbon of the bourbon snakes of, and otters. Bourbon snakes and otters. That's correct. We've used that. And uh, recently, I, th- I think it's only a year or two old. They came up with the whiskey rose series, which is what it's all called, with four different bourbons, each attached with a year yes. to them. Uh, they you, you still have your regular old Forester. You still have you know the, the line extensions, the, the the presidential one which we've not tried. Yeah, which uh, is kind of on yeah. my radar. A little yeah, bit. old Forester statesman. That statesman, I'm that's the one get, I'm looking for. Get yeah. Hold of, yes. Yeah, we haven't had that one. We've had the regular one uh, that we've done, but I have recently acquired all four of the Whiskey Rose series. Now we have had two of them before. We've mm-hmm. had the 1897. Yep. And we've had the nineteen twenty prohibition style, which yep. whoo, daddy, that's you know, that baby's hundred and fifteen proof. Uh everything barks. That put hair on your chest. That put hair yeah, on your chest, that's right. Hair on your nipples. That's right. It, it was it, that was that was some seriously powerful stuff that we had. Loved them both. We loved them all. I've recently acquired the other two and we're sampling one of them now. Now we'll save the other one for for, for its yeah. own kind of showcase, probably uh, one of the next upcoming ones. But uh this is the first of the four, uh, the 1870, what they're calling the original batch. This is basically when Mr. Brown comes to town, how'd you like that little rhyme there, and takes over several of the distilleries here in Louisville and blends three of them together to kind of figure out what's my old Forester blend? What is my, what is that? And this is called the original batch. And that's what we're all drinking uh, on the rocks here uh, today, gentlemen. Show, uh, you care to? Well, wait? Martin has finished his. Yeah, you, have to say, you just you just clinked. Go ahead, our master taster over here. Let's see what you got. Yeah, um, I found it to uh, smooth. It's a it's a high corn, um, low rye, and uh, I thought it mellow and uh, chocolatey. Yeah, with uh, some fruit to it, um, maybe a little bit of cherry. 
Yeah, you, you, you described it in the show prep as a chocolate-covered cherry as part of that, which I'm getting a little chocolate. I'm not getting the cherry. Uh, it's a dark, dark amber. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, it's got a, it's a 90 proof. It's, it's got a little, a little roughness to it, but that's, I think, intentional. I think it's You very know you're drinking a whiskey. Yes. I don't normally refer to bourbon as a whiskey, even though it is technically. Yeah. Uh, it's a class unto itself. <clears throat> but you know you are because it's, even though it is smooth, you've got that, um, uh, it's not quite a burn, but you know, in that back of the mouth, the top of the throat, yeah. where you get that after effect, that, that lingering bit that uh, is a little sharper. Is that's a good word. That's a good word. That's a word. Maybe that's the word I was I was searching for. Uh, it is much sharper, um, and uh, it's it's kind not of like, initially. Well, on the rocks, once you've had the <coughs> chance for the water to help those flavors bloom, uh, it is I think less sharp. Yeah, yeah. Than it is when you you take your first taste. Well, we all started together at the same time on the rocks, but we dr- we all took sips immediately after it was poured. Yes, yeah, so try to try to get that chill, but a baseline I think is a good idea. And it was very much sharper. Yes, uh, when we very first front of the mouth. Yeah, uh-huh, kind of yeah. The thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sting to it. Yeah, right? a sting. That's a good uh, way. Yeah, to put it, that's yeah. right. That's right. And we're not talking Gordon Sumner. Although we like Gordon Sumner, we we love Sting and, and the boys, but yes. uh, that's another that's another subject. We should perhaps do an episode on those guys. But I'm, I'm digressing. We do, well, talking about that, we should do an episode on Bloom County. Absolutely, uh, we Sting should. and the boys would like to have a word with, with you. you. That's exactly right. Yeah. Perhaps you take every herring you bake. I'll be watching you. <laughs> yeah, but this is uh, I, I like this here. I I really would love us at some point after we've done them all to kind of maybe put them all together and see if we can take. A little bit of a taste test of the four, and see what we can come yeah. up with. Uh, uh, we're taking a slow burn at that yeah, because bourbon ni- is best enjoyed slow. Yeah. Yes. The 1920 for me is tough to top. I thought the complexity of the flavors was tremendous. This one's a little more straight ahead. Yeah. Um, not as much, I think, as the other one we've tried. The 1897. 1897 was a little bit of a. I mean that was kind of uh, a spank. That was the first. Was that the first one after the uh, bottled and bond, or was that? A that was one? the bottled and bond. That was that's, the bottled. That and was bond. the first yes. bottled yeah. and bond. That's right. That's that's its its thing. That's here. its yeah. I knew that. So was... I thought that one was was very much a straight ahead, mm-hmm. you know, elephant in the room kind of taste. Uh, the the nineteen twenty is is very layered and and. Uh, well, at 115 proof, there's a lot to work with. Yeah, so there, there's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flavors there. This one is kind of in the middle. Um, again, it's 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 high corn, low rye. Um, I really like the uh, the. Uh, it has kind of a polish almost to it. Um, you would think this, well done, as finished, as it's branded, it's, yeah, would be bit, rougher. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like prototypical. Uh, you'd think it was that. It's like the original version before we've monkeyed with yeah, it. Yeah, we think of a whiskey, again, I'm not fond of calling bourbon whiskey, even though that's what it is, uh, of 1870. You think that is, you think rock gut. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's the and this that's, is not rock gut. Oh, no, uh, this is very polished. Uh, yeah, but it's a just. Polished, that's a good, yeah. A nice polished finish. Even the prototypical chocolate, chocolate and cherries is, is, nice, is polished. I'm not getting a, a whole lot of the chocolate and cherry myself, but yeah, I had a very sweet coffee coming into the the morning, so I think I'm a little bit. Um, uh, what's the best word? Uh, tainted. 
it, that's a good way to put it. I was going to say, uh, 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 that's a good way to put it. There's another word that's a tip of my tongue. Uh, but spoiled, I can't think perhaps. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, basically, uh, I am uh, misaligned in my, my taste buds, Infected. perhaps. Eh, no. Uh, I was thinking more of a mechanical kind of a, uh, a word. but uh, we're, we're all doing our Monty Python best to fill in the sentence for you, but we're not yes, making but we're it not. Uh, but it, um, it, they're definitely, yes. I do get the sweet, and I do get that, the, as you speak about it, the rye, I think it definitely has a little bit of, just a, there's not a lot of it there, but there's just enough to give it that, that uh, finish that, yeah. that uh, leaves you yeah. um, a little bit dry. Yeah. The rye tends to give you a dry Ooh, mouth. A dry mouth. I, I had there. Yeah, having just finished mine. Yeah, there's a little of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. That's why I can I, I conflate the rye with, with uh, the kind of type of wines that I don't like. The dry wines. Yeah. Because they do the same thing. I don't know if they're called dry wines because of that, but I mean, you know, to me, it just kind of just dries out the mouth. Right. It's the higher alcohol content. It, yeah. Possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know what? That one fifteen doesn't do that to me. Interesting. You're right. Uh, that's. You know, we'll, 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 let, let's just say the, the 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 prohibition style will be making regular appearances here. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, the 1870 uh, original batch, not bad stuff. No, well, no, and, no, and we knew, we knew yeah, going yeah. in that the yeah. bar was pretty high on this yeah. one. Uh, yeah. All the old Forsters, it's become one of our very favorites. Uh, it may, I mean, that and Wild Turkey might be the two that we've. Uh, that we've had the highest yeah. rates on. Those oh, I don't know. I, I, I still give high ratings to the Basil Hayden uh, that's and true. the, and it, the uh, uh, Double Oaked. And, the, and, and I'm, the, I'm still Woodford. right now very much a Monk's Road guy. Yep. Oh, I'll well. tell you what. After that Weller and the Long Branch we had, which is a wild turkey brand, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Long Branch is, um, yeah, that's right. At, at, uh, at Maverick's place... I tell you what, that Weller was a phenomenal. That Weller, I mean, that, that I was why that was a three hundred dollar bottle. That was of unexpected. That was we didn't, we didn't, you know, and that's the one he let us drink out of because there are four yes. of them, and you know, and wisely so he knows, you know, you can have some of this one, but you can't touch the other ones. Nobody can touch the other ones. Right. Well, this one and one of the other labels, he had a yeah. spare bottle of them. That's what we were allowed to have. Something yes, yeah. another bottle. Yeah, because some of those, I mean, some of those things go for a couple thousand dollars. Right. You know, if you can get them. Exactly. It's, it's, so, uh, so you're, yeah, you're right. He, he, he had picked up. He had picked those up uh, on a very uh, lucky uh, thing that he was able to get with that. So he uh, said three, but that's that shows one seventy that you're looking up there. Yeah, yeah that's one, antique one hundred seven is the one that we maybe had. it was a different one that was three hundred, but yeah, it was yeah because they they have they have different ones at different times, uh, and it's made by the same people that that uh, that make Blantons, which. We've not done Blanton's because I don't have any, and it's it, pretty. You expensive. can't find it, yeah. Um, yeah. but it, it's it. Well, Blanton's is killer. Well, I've had I've he had, had a bottle out there. Killer. So if we record out at his place, like we've said, we eventually will. That's Blanton's probably is the one that has the uh, super long neck. That's and the, no, no, will, that's the Blanton's Willet. Is, that's the Willet. That's, will, right. that's Willet pot still. Yeah. Blanton's has always got the racehorse on. It's, yes. it's the round the barrel. barrel. Yes, the barrel. Yes, and he had yes, one of those yes, too. Yes. And I'm I knew sure, it was one of those really distinctive bottles. I'm sure we could we could easily, especially if we record out of his place and have him as the guest, we, which we need to do uh, for next Super Jupe, uh, which we've already been talking about. We can make that our our sampling because that's that's kind of some high end stuff. Well, it can be for our next Super Jupe. Is that's our 200th episode. We are delaying. Oh, that's right. The because Jupe for 200. Oh, that's right. Because Hoopajube. Oh, we, well, we can't spoil. We that, can't. Right? We can't talk about that. That's yes. right. Secret, folks. But oh, you're gonna love episode 200. All right. We'll yes. just say that. But speaking of which, let's slide out of this because so, Robert yes, has time to for eventually Robert to do his magic. That's right. So, Francis, your quote was. Oh, uh, uh, Thomas Paine. Is is what we're going back to here? Uh, sorry, uh, have to uh, 
Oh no, I hate it when that happens. Uh, give me two seconds here. Um, uh, yeah, this is the stumbling and bumbling is when, when Martin and I need to fill in the. Uh, Should we talk about his coffee order this morning? Well, he really didn't want us to, but uh, can you really call that coffee though? If you well, but I mean, if he's leaving this door open, he needs us to stall till he. Oh, he's oh, found no, it. I, I he's found, found it. it. Okay, oh, okay. It. saved by the saved, uh, saved by his quick tablet work. That's yes. correct. Reputation is what men and women yes. think of us. Characters what God and angels know of us. Yes, yes. Thomas Paine. Well, Thomas uh, Paine. That's yes. correct. I was going to say his quick finger work, but that that's an entirely different thing. That's, that's a whole yes. There's a whole other thing. So yes, uh, reputation is what people think of us. Characters what God and the angels know of us. Yes, yes. Great quote. Great philosophical. Thank discussion. you, sir. And then right, uh, you know, right in that that he's very much in that same zone as all the other. Early patriots, they would have thought the very same way. Right. Uh, so mine is uh, George Washington in a letter to Elbridge Gary, Jerry, however it's pronounced. Uh, there is nothing so likely to produce peace as to be well prepared to meet an enemy. Yes. Excellent quote as well. Uh, obviously, we took that in a bunch of different ways. All right. It threads uh, through a lot of, of yeah what uh, we are. Yeah, and of course, you know, we we were all pretty uh, pretty agreed on on how we wanted to take Francis's quote. So uh, we just explored the depth there. Whereas, with, yeah, mine was pretty straightforward, very yeah. deep, and very lot to go yeah. with it. But it, yeah, it was really one direction. Whereas Martin, was, we did we width went, with Martin, we did depth with you. I like that. That's very that's that's, well a, that's essentially very well done. Yes, that's yes. right. Well, I am the hammer for a reason. <laughs> so I got a John Adams quote, and I chose this ahead of time. I actually had a quote, not, not like before we sat down, you know, I didn't do this like three weeks ago or anything. I did this while we were all looking for our quotes, but I chose this immediately uh, yeah. because I think this is such a great quote. So I'm still going to work it in to touch on you guys, uh, the quotes, not, not, not personally. Um, well, there are good touches and bad touches. Right, there are good touches and bad touches. Uh, the true source of our suffering has been our timidity. We have been afraid to think. Let us dare to read, think, speak, and write. Let it be known that British liberties are not the grants of princes or parliaments. Now, there's yes. a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah you have to repeat that because that's a long bad boy. Well, compared to some of the ones you guys have done, that's still short. I understand, but you know, hey, we've got, I, we've run, we've, I, I'm saying that I'm usually the one that goes long, but uh, we've repeated them a few yes, times. Yes, we have, yes. Yes, I, this, is, this bears repeating. Yes. The true source of our suffering has been our timidity. We have been afraid to think. Let us dare to read, think, speak, and write. Let it be known that British liberties are not the grants of princes or parliaments. Yeah, you get a zero in on that first that first piece. I think. Yes, everything the else, first piece. Everything is is an extrapolation and a and a flowering of that. We uh, the reason for our misery at the time is our timidity. Well, it's suffering, suffering. It's, that's what it's suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, but I I take this as a more universal. I I think this applies to the human condition at any point in time. Well, absolutely, I would agree with that. Um, Please. So that universality of when we suffer, now, and I take suffering as personal, not imposed suffering as like a conquered nation or 
uh, you know, uh, 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 somebody in a concentration camp in World War II. Natural suffering versus unnatural suffering? Yes, yes. Now, granted, he would have been talking about uh, probably a little bit of both. That's right, because he's talking about something imposed. Yes, but this he's also was a ta- quote from during the Revolution. Yeah, I'm it thinking. is. It's tagged with American Revolution. Yeah, uh, I don't have a, a, don't have a source, source for where, where it comes from. Yeah, uh, just that it is a John Adams quote. I, th- I think it's fair enough for us to at least run with that. <laughs> and uh, it is something that uh, is. It speaks to me, and I think it speaks probably to all three of us. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons, because to me it says that the solution to practically any problem we have lies within ourselves. Uh, you know, oh, that our okay. strength, mm-hmm. that our abilities, our personal ability to think and reason, yeah, because we are widely read, okay, widely uh, discussed, educated. educated. This, this speaks to our education uh, at Bellarmine as a liberal arts. Okay, okay. You know, that dare to read, think, and speak, and write. That's literally what we do at Snakes and Otters. Well, you're right about that. You know? Yes. We have taken, without ever seeing this quote before, we have taken this to heart. And that the second part, that, let it be known that these British liberties, because he's equating... Right. That thinking, mm-hmm. speaking, reading, yes, and writing yes. as British liberties. In other words, that ability, that right to be your own man, which I would question whether or not that's actually a British thing, but to be your own man, to be experience. a thinking person who has agency. Oh, there's a good uh, word. Beautiful word. Beautiful agency. word. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. It is not the grant of princes or promises. That means it's a God-given right. It's That's a God-given right. Of, yeah. Not only a right, it's a God-given responsibility. I was going to say, yeah, the, the, the two must be... You know, must they be are linked, yeah. and this like, falls on the responsibility side to me. Now... We're, we're equal because we are, not because Parliament says we are. Yes, 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 exactly. Well, yeah, it, it, which goes back to the inherent, there's the word, inherent dignity and sanctity of all human life. Yes. That's what you, that's, that's, the, that's the underpinning root from which this is being pulled. Yes. Whether you want to call it that brotherhood of man, which... Liberté, égalité, fraternité. Absolutely. Yeah, same absolutely. Say, it is the same root. Uh, or whether you want to call it the inherent dignity of the human person. It is all the same thing, yes, expressed in different ways. And when we are not true to that, that is the true source of suffering. Because if you look at human history, not just during the Revolution. Preach it, brother. Okay. When you look at all of human history, those who abandon that ideal, that, that concept. Core principle. Core principle, that core value, that guiding light of your life. If you want to go that okay. that deep, right? Uh, those are the ones who are rudderless. Those are the ones who are at the mercy of others. Those are the are the ones who literally suffer at the whims of, of the powerful, the powerful, or the at the whims of of fickle fate. Okay, yeah, that's true too. Because so, they have oh, no agency. So, in other words, that's when he says timidity in that quote. That's what he means. Yes, it's not. I think ne- so. It's not. Necessary. That's what I take from. Yeah, and I, I think that's a it's a huge expansion 
from what the word normally means, because I would take that word as written to be somewhat narrow, but he's meaning it, and I think you're exactly right, he's meaning that far more broadly. Uh, it's not just boldness. It's simple engagement. Yes. It, it's, Timidity it's being is not just... A f- to, use, to, to use Teddy Roosevelt in the arena. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. It's in the arena, because one who is timid in this context... It's not just somebody who's who's afraid of what might happen. It's somebody who's afraid to act. Who's someone who gives up their agency, disengage voluntarily. Oh yes, yes, yes absolutely. There's yes. there's the magic word voluntarily. Yes. Who gives who gives it up? Who who does who refuses to enter the battle? Now, and if you want to put it in the context of the time, this would be either the the loyalist or the one who. Just waits to see who's going to win before they decide. The opportunist. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. even an opportunist is probably more is is thinking ahead with a with a, an eye to their own age. They are engaged. Future. That's right. That's, yes. It's, a, it's just a different. Tactic. It's a, it's a calculated engagement. Yeah. It, yeah. It's as a, opposed to strategically, they're on the same page. They're just going about it differently right. tactically. Whereas tactically and strategically, somebody who's given up their agency. It, Whereas they allow life to happen to them. Rather than them happening to life. Well, to steal from FDR, the only fear we have is to is fear itself. Yes, See, that's kind of when you're speaking of that. That that's what he's talking about. Is fear is the real enemy here? Is yes. the only enemy. Which that's Sun Tzu, by the way. Here we go again. Yes, so there's a lot to be to, to be liked in Sun Tzu. Yes, that's right. Yes, uh, Martin, you are. Horribly quiet. Well, he he's really engaging with his mentor. Well, I, I have to see. say, just the wheels are turning, and I'm well, loving it. Well, I know is, because those of us, you know, since this is an audio podcast, you know, listeners, you can't see the pregnant pause and the the amazing stupefaction as he processes this marvelous. Uh, meat that we've given him. This is not pablum we we serve today. Yes, this is I mean, red meat. Oh, this is yeah. Give me just the middle piece again. The let us dare to think, to read, think, speak, and write. That middle? Yes. That's the tactics. Well, actually, the true middle is we have been afraid to think. Let us dare. I love that word, dare. Dare. That goes back to dare to read. That's that's bold as in opposite of timidity. That's he's he's playing those two words against each other oppositionally. Yes, it is the audacity we spoke of in the last episode. But it's you know the funny audacity to fight. He's talking about just the audacity to live. Yes. Well, absolutely. This is broader than just the context of the revolution, which he writes Exactly. Exactly. It's much broader than the revolution. I never gave Adams this kind of credit. He was kind of a quip guy, you know. Uh, And he was an oddball, to be sure. Yeah, and he wasn't super involved in a lot of the writing early on of the Federalist Papers and things like that. He wasn't trying to sell everybody on... Quick question. Did you guys read McCulloch's Adams... I have not read all of it. I've skimmed it. But I, honestly, my knowledge of Adams from that book comes from the miniseries, which, as I understand, was pretty faithful. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, that is. I have I have it. I do. I have not watched it. Uh, it was based on the book. Yes. Yes. Correct. yes. I have not read that. But the more we spend with Adams, the more I'm thinking, and I think that was kind of what the, co- the conversations were at the time the miniseries came out and the book was written is, we have done him a disservice. We've He's done a great disservice. We, we focused genius. on a couple of idiosync- 
idiosyncrasies and missteps that he made later. Well, and he was a one-term president. He didn't have the impact on the on the yeah, we, government we, and the, the forming of the country too much. Yes, and that's what I want to yeah. make sure we <laughs> touch on. It wasn't quite the dazzler that Hamilton was. Or Jefferson. Well, or Jefferson. And, and, and you're right, because he comes between Washington and Jefferson, two large personalities with two terms that had it were enormous, enormous thought impact, leaders. Yes. Yeah, enormous yeah. thought. Enormous impact. I mean, Jefferson, with the Louisiana Purchase, mm-hmm. is, you know, the impact cannot be understated. Yeah, doubles the size of the country. Yeah, more. I think it's more than doubles, yeah. 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 And, the, and, you know, the fun thing about Jefferson is he governed much more closely to Washington... Than he did... Than he, than him, he was going to. Yeah. You know, he was criticizing Washington in that whole second term, criticizing Adams, but then he ends up governing much more like them. Yes. Um, because as, you know, as, idiot, as ideologues will find once they're handed power... Oh, maybe those guys had something going for them. Yeah, there, there was, there was certainly a reason they governed the way they did, and yes. at least deserves some. And in many ways, out. it shows the the not just the immaturity, but the it's, it's somewhat immaturity because Jefferson is yeah. young. Uh, yeah, uh, you are young at the beginning. Obviously, by the time he becomes president, that's twenty five years after he's written the, the Declaration, yeah. but or composed it because he didn't write it uh, in in a vacuum. Uh, but yeah, it's almost a. a, a, a not not immaturity. Uh, well, naivete. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's naivete. Not bad. Either works. Yeah, I think yeah. So, Well, they often go hand in hand. Yeah. Right. So you know, he's very much a he's a Winston Smith, Big Brother. I can think two things that are contradictory at the same time and believe them both. Almost kind of person. Yeah. And and well, that so, that shows his enormous intellect. Yeah. Is able to do and, well. It also shows uh, enormous pragmatism more than anything yeah. else. Well, yeah, and, and, and yeah. Yeah. Adams has a lot of that pragmatism kind of baked in. Yeah. And he's, he's really hard for him to see things in multiple directions and from multiple perspectives. But... Would you call him hard-headed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, say, yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I think a, that's a, the word we're dancing around yeah, here. Yeah, Puritan hard-head uh, kind of guy, Massachusetts hard-head. Gee, kind of a Scottish type of a but, ca- yeah. but characteristic. That's what He's absolutely. extremely principled. Oh, very much yeah. so, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of niggling over here at Martin. Uh, Martin, yeah. But, you know, you compare him to somebody like a Burr. No wonder everybody disliked Aaron Burr. I mean, right. all of these people, it was like, oh... We, well, we should remember Aaron we, Burr we for our let, scumbag uh, I mean, episode. we can't let Aaron Burr near the levers here. Right. I mean, Jefferson's one thing, but who boy, Burr is in a whole other... Yes. You know, as much as... And we forget that the system Adams was different Hammond, than yeah. the, that but brought in the vice president. Yeah, it was yeah. not a ticket like yeah. it is now, where yeah. the president is basically picking his number two. No, it's not like that at all. It's the next guy who lost. Yes. And yeah. Which, in a way, is a very silly way to go about and, and, and I'll yeah. give us, as Americans, credit. We realize well, that's maybe not the smartest yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, Let's that was that. fixed almost right right because, basically, of Burr. Yeah, that's I mean, right. It's yeah. fixed so because we, of him. Yes. If we, ha- we, will, we will thank Burr for one thing that is fixing the, uh, the yeah. vice presidency election. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. you just imagine that as much as they dislike Jefferson, they're like, well, Jefferson's at least uh, an honorable... For what we know so far, but they already knew that like Burr was like, wow, he's just wacko. Yeah, I mean he'll turn on a dime on anything. 
uh, and, and his he, no he, principles at all. Yeah, I mean, this is before Jackson too, so yeah. who had his own share of that? But yeah, uh, so I just I, I love that piece mm-hmm. there about you're not even really you got to be brave enough to be a human, and that means you got to think, you got to write, you got to read, and I and I like his order because he's talking about you're Ooh. gathering the information, yes. you're synthesizing it in thought. And then you are writing it out. Creating an output, yeah. Creating an output to sharpen. For somebody to else sharpen. to read. Yeah. You're restarting the cycle. Yes. Right? Oh, adding, your yes. Own, adding your own wisdom into the system. Yes. Uh, yeah. To take that and, 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 and by a, doing so, we as social animals see that as elevating. Yeah. The, it's, the, a, the it's a process of, of synthesization. Synthesization. Yes. Yeah. And in, in the best possible sense. Now, so... Wonderful quote. I, like I said, to me, th- this is the heart of snakes and otters. Yeah. Okay. Right? This is this is us. So, uh, when we look at uh, this in the context of your quotes, uh, you know, I think this is... Because remember, we're talking about the true source of our suffering is our timidity, right? That, that inability okay. to act. Yeah. All right? So... Uh, and I'll start with Martin because and, we've got his and, quote on screen. And Adams in Washington would have experienced that because Congress... Is essentially frozen. Yes. They, yes. they can't make a decision. They can't make a decision. They can't do anything. They can't... I mean, heck, they even have to... Uh, they have to leave Philadelphia. Probably a good portion of which is because they would not act to support Washington. So this whole idea of being uh, able to uh, to be well-prepared, that implies to me, you have done these things. Mm-hmm. You have agency, first of all, to be able to prepare. But you have done your thinking decided what your your tactics are going to be, what direction you're going to take. This is the foundation for being able to prepare mm-hmm. to be strong, to have peace that right. way. Right, the intellectual process of thinking yes. about... This is where it all starts. It's not just a thought. Not that which defines leadership. Yeah. It, it defines leadership uh, when, you, when you start talking on the grand scale of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the larger you yeah. go... It's thinking through what's the point of our action. I mean, acting is one thing, but thinking it through and acting on that plan. Yes, that's the key. Exactly. So well, this has considered the... action. Yes. yes. Yeah, as opposed to simply uh, reaction or emotional outbursts. Right. Or, right. or right. such sort of responding versus reaction. Right. Uh, yeah. One is an autonomic. The other is a uh, considered uh, considered action. Yes. Yeah. So response is considered reaction. Fun- a function is... of thought. Yes. Yeah. So and reason. So again, is that foundation of being able to prepare to produce peace that that. To me, this is the foundation of everything. That is the, this is all, not only the foundation of what is a group-oriented statement here from Martin, but we go back to Francis, where reputation is what others think of us and character is what God and the angels know of us. Right. So that is a personal uh, philosophy, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. This is also the foundation of that. Because this is how we build that character. This is how we become the person that we are going to be. How we become that best version of ourselves, as we now put it. And mm-hmm. that's how we build our character. And in building our character, that at least initially, uh, until you know uh, somebody with a malign intent uh, can pervert our reputation. Because initially, reputation is built on our character. What we do. 
You know? Yeah. What people see us doing. Because that what we do because it's based on output of some sort. Yes. And that is that is a function of character. This forms our values. That reading, thinking, uh, writing it was speaking and writing. This is how we, we form not just a person, but the values that we that we hold to be true. Because we have to test them. Right? We mm-hmm. test our values. We know as children, our children test the values that we, we try to imbue in them right. constantly. We did that to our parents. It's what every generation deals with uh, it, with their right. with their children. So uh, it is all a function of output. Uh, no, no. Because uh, it, it's a process. Okay. okay. There's the input. Right. There's the process right. of the... Um, Character? No, no, no. There's the there's the process of internalizing mm-hmm. discernment. Yes, and yeah. discernment is your way. There's a process of internalizing word. and uh, uh, presenting, effecting, however you want to put it, uh, which, which the then out- produces the output. Okay, right? all right, all right. So, so the output is deliberately created and formed. Ideally, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. if we do not give into that timidity, absolutely. I think most people that is probably true. I uh, don't. We pre- I have a very. We, we present that which we wish to present. Uh, no, well, I don't believe that. Uh, Interesting. I, I don't believe that in this sense. Okay, please. I don't believe that most people think that. Now, it's not deliberate. by default. It maybe that's true, but honestly, I don't think enough people give give any consideration to. Well, I mean, <laughs> what I present is what people will think of me. Well, yeah, there's there's very little deliberateness about it, but nevertheless, it's still what you intend. It no, just well, may be it may be uh, it ill considered or even unconsidered. Well, I think in this day and age, I think there's I think not enough people even think to give that consideration that you know this is going to, somebody's going to see this. Because, you know, social media, practically, because almost anything you want to put out there yeah. uh, can become a meme if you're not careful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything everything is seen. Just it, about. Yeah, yes. in many respects, there, there are, is no, is, there is well, no privacy. Well, in, in, many, in many ways, everything you've done, anybody's ever done is seen. Very little, unless it goes back to that foundation of reading and thinking before you speak and write. Right. Uh, somebody's going to see. Now, it may only be one person or two or three others. Or maybe the FBI when they come. Or maybe the FBI, who, yes, or the CIA or whoever. Yeah. Or the Chinese, more likely, mm-hmm. listening in on every damn conversation. Um, but somebody somewhere sees it. But the thing is, most of the time we don't think about that. Right. Because even when you think about when you're out and you're with somebody and you're ha- you're talking. And, you know, you may say something kind of under your breath or you'll just say something that is um, simple, you know, just what you think is a quiet statement. But and because you're in your own bubble, you think the only person that heard you is the person you're talking to. Yeah. But if we think about things we've heard other people say when we were out and about, you know, that's not really true. Right. So, yes, everybody, something, everything you do is seen and heard in some way. Unless you're alone in a room, and even then, God knows. Well, yes, right, because we are social creatures. We are social yeah, creatures. we're not yes. necessarily talking about government spying or things like that. Right. It's really more about in our own in, in, in our in our own circle. Everyone knows us if to a some degree, and even of, if only by our actions. That's correct. 
And this is where I was going when I was talking about the values. Yeah. Because so, then you get a chance to finish that, because we, we tend to, to fly off of the, the, down the rabbit holes. Well, sure. Uh, you know, everybody is living out their values all the time. The question is, which value is most important to you at the moment? Okay. So, if you've got somebody who 99% of the time is a devoted mother and wife. Okay. Yet, one... One percent of the time, for whatever reason, she goes off and she has an affair. Well, at that moment, the value she's she's valuing the most, she's living, is that personal fulfillment that she needs, or he needs. If you want to talk, I only chose a woman because most of the time we think of it as the man, but you know they got to cheat with somebody. Yes, that's so true. So yeah. just for diversity's sake. I chose the female aspect. All right, yeah. yeah so, I mean, somebody's smacking me right now virtually. It's like, well, you know, come on. But the point is, though, you know, in, in 99% of their life, maybe they live an incredibly virtuous life, but they have this moment where they fail. Because that's, they choose the fallen nature of humanity. Yeah, right, it's fallen nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes fall. We sometimes fall. It's not, it's not uh, destined for us. Right. It's so, possible for us. It's possible. It is, well... It is probable for us. It's just a question of degree. Well, no, it's probable because unless you die before you hit the age of reason where you can truly decide between what's right and wrong, yeah. uh, more than likely, yeah, it, 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 you I will mean, make mistakes. We only got two people that were ever sinless. Yes, that's right. So, so you know, so yes, it is probable. Not necessarily. It's just a question of what and to what degree. And when. And when. Yes, and when. Because right. again, you know, babies are not... They only have the stain of original sin. They don't have personal sin. Right. So... Yeah, you have to you have, you have to be able to understand it in order to, to choose it. Right. That's why I say it's probable. Right. Um, and, you know, it may, maybe you don't sin until the very last moment of your life. But, you know, more than like, the longer you live, just you're just racking up quantity, not, not uh, <laughs> anything else. But... I, we're kind of getting far afield from from where I was going with all this stuff. But yeah, and we're running at one uh, almost an hour and a half. We yeah. need to wrap this up. But again, the you know this this t- this timidity this in, we suffer in we give into the timidity when we give in to others' wills mm-hmm. when we choose. You know the, the old saying is you know if you don't have a plan for your life that's okay because somebody else does. Mm-hmm. It's the same uh-huh. kind yes, of thing. Yeah, I mean quick. it's. Uh, you know, think through the risks and respond to the risk accordingly. Yes. You know. It's, it's In many ways, it's, we've talked about this kind of thing a lot. Yes. That's why have. I call this quote, I think is, it's a foundational principle that we had yet to discover. Because the first time we've ever talked about this particular quote or, or, or ideas, sometimes the quotes we've, we've brought up, we've, we've talked around. Before. Right. I mean, I... In particular, I know many of mine have been about um, how do you shake off fear and and how do you right. move, you know, what analyzing risk and yeah. and deciding okay, I'm I don't like jumping out of airplanes. That's too much of a risk for me, but I can manage to do more than forty miles an hour in the expressway. Right. You know. And you'll fly in an airplane. Yeah. But you're not leaving it until it hits the ground. No. Well, lands. We don't want to talk about yeah. hits the ground. I want wheels. Yeah, when the wheels touch. Yeah. So. That's right. Um, but yeah, this this not giving in to somebody else, somebody else's will for your life. Yeah. Thinking it through for yourself. Acting, living 
in that image and likeness of God, You've thinking been and reasoning, given reasoning your and life, choosing. You should live it. Yeah, it all comes down to agency. That's right, and and and, and to, fortunately, at least in this country, we have that ability to a certain degree that others do not, and I think yes. it's important to recognize. Well, society always has tried to impose its own version of not just values and morality, because, I mean, all laws are morality just enacted in, in That's the right. law. That's right. All of them. I the, agree the, with the, the entire concept of legislating morality, the entire question is ridiculous, because all laws are a legislation of morality. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, so of course it, you there's always somebody who perceives the current morality of society as imposing upon them. And, you know, if you can legitimately push back against that, more power to you. And in a a democracy, you need to only convince 51%. But Uh, you have to think. You have to think. Read. Well, read. 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 Read is first. Get your data. Yes. Think. Think. Write. Speak. Speak and write. Speak and write. Because, as as you put it earlier... You have to form those new, you know, you have to synthesize those new thoughts into words. Well, yeah, because yeah, that input them. and that, that yeah. thinking. As social creatures, you have argument. to convince enough people that what you have yeah. postulated yeah. is of, uh, theorized, is of merit. Yeah. In and order we, to get we it. don't and do persuasion in the modern world. Well, a lot of times it's imposition, or at least try. Well, it's not we, persuasion. We do. It's, you it's, don't want to be like that. You want to be like us because we're cool. That's not really persuasion. Well, it's not even that so much anymore. It's like, you don't want to be like that. You have to be like this. Yeah. Being like that is... Evil. Evil. Out of, out of the norm. Yeah. So you got to be like, well, like it's, us. It's, it's taking, How, yeah, taking I mean, the social yeah. herd mentality and using yes. it to your... Yeah. To put forth it, what it's, you It's wish. this idea of someone who doesn't think like me is an alien. It, it's such an alien to my experience. And we used to not have that. We used oh, to be no. able. We used to be well, able to like. Okay, well, you live in the city. I live in the country. We're not that different. We're more egalitarian. Yeah, but now now we're very much like. If you don't live in my neighborhood, I don't even understand you anymore. Well, I I, I don't think we didn't have that before. I think what it was is just that we were so alike. Yeah. Across the entire country, in terms of values and norms yeah. that were accepted. Oh. That yeah, because if you think about it, we didn't have to. Well, we didn't encounter the need to tell somebody. Well, you you're not like that. You you don't want to be like that. You want to be like us, because I mean, let's face it. Up until the midpoint of the 20th century, the vast majority of society was pretty similar. Homogeneous. Homogeneous. Yeah, it's very homogeneous. Homogeneous. However you want to put it, and we didn't have huge populations other than the black community or as we now say african-american community that was different than the the massive norm that was established but they weren't as different as we wanted to portray them no no we felt they were alien we but they, did but we but they weren't but they weren't they weren't they, but they, now, they had similar values and similar family right, structures and, 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 and for, for the most part people still have similar values but how we express them have become so radically different. Well, and uh, all it takes is a superficial difference, color of skin in particular. And, well, it's color of skin, sexual orientation, gender identity, uh, religious identification, 
whether you're a communist or versus a ideological, a, yeah, yeah, you know, there are so many. It, but now all of those things that were they were important before, but now they're life defining, and it, it, it's. I, I think we have we've gone from you know we've gone away from this thinking uh, reading thinking writing uh, speaking and writing to just reading to 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 to, to writing in other words I was like well what's right wrong with reading and writing well, we've gone from the input directly to the output and what has taken the place sometimes with no input. Well, sometimes they're no sometimes well, we're going right well, to the output. confirmation bias. Well, and, and I, I, well, there's bias to, to rule that. I don't think there's ever an output without an in, input. But our response, our reaction, is so predefined. Yeah. yeah, because we have we are skipping the writing and speaking, or the thinking and the writing to get to the speaking. In other words, we're not uh, well, input, we're not consciously considering the input before we react. The input is deliberately narrowed to fit. With yes, so, well, there is only one way to interpret the input. That's now. correct, exactly, and it's that, that's confirmation bias. And it's confirmation bias. Well, yeah, it's, and it's very, it's a, it's it's just very much. I'm the only thing that matters. Yes, whatever it, I think it's a is form right. Of selfishness. Yeah, it's versus very selflessness. Yeah. Right, that was one of the things I was going to say about uh, Francis's quote earlier uh, that I that we just went away from. Uh, you know, character is selflessness. Reputation is selfishness in many ways. Yeah, I, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. another conversation. I'm afraid for another yes. day because I mean, we're, we are we're really pummeling the expired equine here. But I mean, there's well, all, it's very all three it's very of our fruitful. It's very fertile. Yes. It's very fecund yes. as we've been yes. using here recently. So let's let's wrap the, this. The immediate this. next is that Francis is going to. Pan fries up some steaks that he's been marinating. Oh, yes. Uh, so I'm yes. really looking forward to that because let me tell you, Francis cooks a mean steak. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, so right. It's coming here shortly, very much but, so. We're gonna... So what's next after that? Well, you know, we, we, we've teased, teased just a little bit on this here. We're going to continue our, our walk through our. Uh, on the American Revolution, uh, but we're gonna go with that stuff that everybody loves, you know, because we, we know this is what you really like. Yes. Scumbags. Yes, the, we're the going villains. to talk about the villains because let's face it, the stories are only as good as the villains that they have. Yeah, and the American Revolution has several. Yeah, we're going to talk about several of them and why they are the scum that they, uh, mm-hmm. of course, ended up being. And ironically, how they didn't, some of them didn't have to be, but they, that's what they chose. And we're going to uh, crucify them a little bit uh, next episode. So make sure you're here because this is going to be a great one. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes drop every second and fourth Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a review. That helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next time.